Hello, and welcome to episode 217 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Rob Maltari, creator of Nightwolf, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Rob, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. Um, could you start us off with a uh, brief bio about yourself and then uh, an elevator pitch for Nightwolf? Yeah, so uh, thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I'm Rob Malteri. I am the creator and writer of Nightwolf and the founder of Lone Wolf Comics, my imprint, which I self-publish uh, comics. Um, I'm also a full-time graphic and web designer, and I live in Sharpsville, PA with my family, and uh, hopefully we'd like to switch from the full-time job to making this full-time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the dream, isn't it? Right? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, so you have the Nightwolf pitch. Um, yeah. So uh, Nightwolf is a story about a young man who finds out that he's born into a supernatural world. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> long day. Uh, Nightwolf is a story about a young man who finds out he's born a werewolf and thrown into a supernatural war against other werewolves, demons, witches, vampires, and other such evil supernatural creatures. Very cool. And so... This Kickstarter here is uh, for for issue five. Are are you considering one through five sort of like a, like a like a collection or a volume? I mean, I know sometimes when we think of like DC and Marvel trades, it's 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 five issues. So so how are you thinking about this as at at issue five? So issue five um, is the next uh, chapter in the story. Uh, one through four was the first volume um, that I had collected into a trade paperback. Um, and so you could also grab that as well, but you could also get the single issues. Um, so this issue five is the next single issue, 24 page. And it's basically, it's not there. It's all the same story arc, but issues one through four was kind of like that introduction beginning kind of like now he's kind of thrown into it. Issue five is now that training, getting used to what's going on, still figuring out stuff. And then, you know, then after, um like from like nine to twelve will be then like the kind of like the the action conclusion of this particular story arc so there's 12 issues in this series particularly for this story arc but it's planned to be ongoing so the 12 issues was like season one if mm -hmm. you will um divided into three volumes for the trades nice and so do you, you describing that i was almost sort of with the 12 issues and you, with like season one and you were saying sort of like thrown into it and now it's sort of we're moving into sort of like the the more intense training and, and feeling out the world more it almost seems like uh if you think of like star wars for like a uh a character arc it's like you know mm -hmm. a new hope thrown into it empire sort of training though the world right. is the world is more intense you know there's more drama here and then you know maybe with the last arc it's you know an epic conclusion so are you thinking something like that yeah it's it's typically like that um as far as like you know uh growth wise character development um you know of course each issue has its own little um it has its bit of um a cliffhanger keeping you you wanting more in a way um and you know that's so again, it like season 12 or issue 12 will end with a little bit of a cliffhanger to kind of get you to be like, Oh, I can't wait for the next story arc. You know, it's like, so it, it concludes this story arc, but then also sets up for the next. <laughs> nice. Uh, do you, do you sort of 
when you're doing the stories, are you sort of have like a master document where you're like planning out like, all right, I'm going to wrap this up, but I'm going to tease this little like, you know, next aspect of the, of the story when you're outlining. Yeah. So, um, when, so when I first started writing it, it was just, it just started writing and then, um, kind of developing it, you know, over time. And then eventually when I got the roughs of the 12 issues together, um, before I did any finalization, um, my editor actually had suggested to kind of do a timeline because I had all these ideas in my head. I know where I want it to go from here and from issue 12 and on. Um, you know, I, I've had that kind of planned out in my head and he's like, well, you probably should lay that out at least as a roadmap. So you kind of like can, you know, have it laid out. So I, I do have a little bit of like a timeline um, with some, like, basically it's like keyframes, if you will, <laughs> um, that kind of like help me fill in between. Um, so that's, that's basically like where it's at now. Issues one through 12 are completely written and ready to be, um, you know, put into production with the, the art. So now we're, you know, five is done. Um, we're preparing to do six. And, um, so it's, you know, Carlos is, you know, and now that he's done with that, he's got a couple other projects he's working on that he's going to start doing uh, six right away. So we're we're trying to move faster than we've been going with it. That's great that you've gotten that much done, though, with one artist in the indie comics area. That's really rare to get five issues done as fast as you have with just one artist. So that's uh, that's actually. He wasn't my only artist. Um, he was my. He started okay. as my first artist. He did all the character designs, and then in the middle of the first issue, he actually got picked up by another, like a bigger job. He was doing like it wasn't like Magic the Gathering, but it was like one of those card game esque jobs. And um, so I had to actually replace him for second, the rest of the first issue, second issue, and third issue. And then okay. uh, later on, I, I, I reached back out to him. I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask. I'm like, hey are you still doing that job? Are you, you know, or do you have extra time? You know, what's going on? He can't, so he was like, no, man, I'm, I'm, he's like, I, I, I got a steady job this time. You know, I can do this in my spare time. And I was like, cool. So he came back in issue five or issue four and then did issue five. And then he also did the 16 additional pages that were in the trade paperback um, for issues one through four. So he, for, he's done majority, if not half of, you know, the pages. So He's now, he's like, even said he's invested now. He's, he's on board for the rest of the story arc. So yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to make sure that, you know. No. <laughs> well, it's, it's great that you clarified, but even with that clarification, it's still impressive that, you know, you, you've gotten it done as much as you have. That's mm. pretty great. Thank you. Um, so with his character design stuff, was that something you worked with him pretty closely or did you mm -hmm. have in mind like exactly what they were going to look like? Because I was looking through the book and it's like, it's very distinct to each character's sort of like monster race, which is really mm -hmm. cool. And I'm sort of wondering about the process there. Yeah. So um, with the character designs, I did my character designs first. Like I did my own. They weren't as good. Um, you mm -hmm. know, it was uh, uh it, very rough, but like still like the idea of what I wanted them to look like were there. Um, you know, if anything, it was like, but it was better than stick figure, but like, you know, more animation looking. Um, but, uh, you know, get like the, this more simplistic <laughs> cell shade esque. Um, <laughs> so then when I handed that off to him, 
he took it and basically gave it like so a good way to like look at it is like i was the original spawn figure from like two or 1996 uh-huh. he's the now <laughs> revamped version that mcfarland put out last year <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> very nice yeah uh, and nick it's got it's funny you brought up the mcfarland stuff because it feels like that was that something going in like you wanted that sort of like old I mean, like not old, but you know, that sort of classic image feel to it. It feels very much so like that slice of life thrown into something fantastic kind of thing. Was that something you're thinking about? I mean, it was was maybe not intentionally. I mean, I was, I've been with Spawn since it first came out, you know, Um, and and I, same with like, you know, Wildcats with Jim Lee. Um, You know, I, I was, you know, cause I followed them when they were with Marvel. And then when they left, you know, I started on their books, you know, because I love Jim Lee with X-Men. So obviously Wildcats being what it was, you know, I jumped on that right away. And then, you know, with Todd McFarlane and Spawn, you know, and then the figures came out, you know, and I I think I was 12, I think, when the action figure came out. So like I was I was like right on that cusp of like still getting action figures and that you know what i mean so like i it was like towards the end of that tenure but it was still like for me like i was like these are amazing (laughs) um so yeah i mean there's probably there's definitely a lot of influence i mean you know visually because that's still the art that i you know i'm i'm drawn to yeah Uh, uh, even that like you know a lot like i've read the story arc for spawn all the way through um up until just recently um you know i haven't really bought you know since i having kids instead of putting the you know the money into my personal collection you know it's i have a family to take care of so that was basically you know up until like me you know 10 years ago like i was like really heavy still in the collecting (laughs) that's awesome so you it seems like you have had to to shuffle a lot of like team members throughout this project because correct me if i'm wrong didn't you have a colorist that like went on to to do some work at uh dc and maybe still doing work at dc yeah so uh ross a campbell he took over for so uh carlos when he first started on the book did color and illustration um so and i think that might have been part of like why you know it was just too much for him plus having this job and doing everything. So um, I decided that, okay, well, that, the, that process was taking longer than I liked. You know, it was, it was, it was almost like pulling teeth to kind of get movement. Um, so, cause it was almost like a two year span that he had the, so from when I approached him, he agreed. And then to when he like dropped off in the middle of one. And um, so when I, decided I uh, to you know find somebody I decided I was going to do it with one illustrator one colors so that way you know I could have one person doing something it moved on to the next and then move on to me so it'd be more of an assembly line um, because I would then put the book together with the lettering and everything so that's and that's kind of how I like the process has continued to be for us Um, but yeah Ross did issue one after uh, Carlos left and then he got picked up by DC. Um, I'm not sure if he's still doing stuff for them now or not. Um, I've, he kind of dropped off of Facebook for a while and then kind of came back. Um, but I, it, when I saw that he came back in and uh, I asked him about his current rates and they were a lot higher. So <laughs> I'm imagining he's still getting that DC money. <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, 
whenever so oscar who took over for uh the illustration side of things he actually runs a um, studio that he um, has other artists um, that works under him so for issue two he did the illustration and he had a colors do the colors um, that's nice yeah and then uh so for then the next time around he he his prices for all of that was a little more like he kept bumping it up and so three i, I actually approached um gat melvin to do the colors for issue three because i had been following him for a while and i've seen a lot of the stuff that he did with uh big dog inc and um so then i was like hey you know oscar i want you to do the illustration and you know gad i want you to do the colors and that kind of worked out but then i kind of noticed that the art style changed slightly that i kind of figured it wasn't oscar doing it it was one of his other guys that he had um so that kind of was like okay like i'm paying you this much for you to do it and i'm you know so they got to the point where I was like, all right, that's why I you know, reached out to Carlos and was like, Hey man, like still like I, cause he was the one, like when I, he's the one I pictured doing this book, you know, the designs he made were like, that's what I always envisioned, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that Oscar didn't do a good job following that up because he did in his own. Um, but it just like, Carlos just had that something extra, you know, that I just was like, Hey, you know, and I reached out to him and he said he was available. So here we are. <laughs> nice. And yet still doing the colors now. <laughs> nice. So you're shuffling a lot of pieces throughout this process, you know, and I know it's probably pretty easy to say like, all right, this is a page from, from issue one. This is the character. So use this as the model and you probably have some character sheets, but is there a lot of, time with these moving pieces where you're looking to make sure that there's no continuity errors because you know if you had like one colorist throughout the book he would know you know yeah. that guy's that guy's pants are blue and it's yeah. the shade of blue like were you like I, and, and I know that things could change slightly you know yeah. but like were you trying to make sure with all these moving pieces that you could keep and different artists are going to have different looks but are, yeah are you how much were you trying to 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 keep a continuity in the book um with with all of these moving pieces well i think um there's a slight color continuity difference because you can see one's a little more darker and the other one issue two is a little more vibrant and it kind of goes back to a little more darker in three mm-hmm. um, so but i kind of felt like in the same sense that issue two kind of worked because it was a dance kind of that was one where it showed the dance and stuff so i didn't mind that as much for that that one um and there was a lot of uh night and and kind of contrasting lighting so that one actually worked the way it did i'm okay with that but um character wise i share the character designs with every artist who's worked on the book i mean like this is what they look like especially and then the colors this is what they colored like um and there's even time still like gats you know this is his third issue and then plus he did the 16 extra pages. Uh, so, you know, this is, let's say four issues in for him. He, I still am like P consistent, you know, I, I, I will call, I will check, you know, his stuff and um, you know, make sure that everything he does is consistent across the board. Um, but yeah, sometimes I have to go like, dude, look at page four on in issue three. This is how you did this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, and, and something that I do, like I use Trello, to manage projects so it makes it easier 
Um, so I'll make a card for each page and then like, you know, we'll slide that into the doing and the done, um, you know, one, and, and I'm able to make a checklist of things that I'm like, um, so I'm like real hands-on when it comes to the art. Um, I'm, I'm making sure that it's, you know, like we'll talk, you know, obviously if there's something about their vision or my vision that they want to change that may work better for the story, I'm all for it. But other times I'm like, no, there's a specific reason I did it this way in the script, you know? So it's kind of a little back and forth, but um, like I said, I can make a checklist of things that I need them to make changes for. And, you know, it's a nice track and balance system. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the, the Trello thing because I know, you know, we, we've, I've done, I've seen some behind the scenes work with, with you and, and some different, you know, forums and stuff like that. And you also do things where you sort of like with that Trello board, you sort of give like almost like themes and motifs, like you're finding pictures and you're like, you know, like maybe there's like a castle on a mountain and you're yeah. like, I'm going to go find a Google image. And you're not <laughs> saying like, you know, it has to look exactly like this, but you're like, this right. is the kind of the feel that I'm right. I'm envisioning and I'm trying to capture. Yeah, so yeah. So you're I try very... to give references to everything that like, that I've vision, like, so typically I'll, if I have a vision of what it is, I'll try and find it closely and give it to them. Other times I, I'm like, listen, run my wild, use your mm -hmm. imagination. You know, you're the artist this time, you know, like this is for me, I can sit back and watch, you know, so there, there are like specific moments that I'm like, no, it has to be like this. And again, other times where I'm like, nah, man, you go. <laughs> like for example, um, this new issue with Carlos, um, you know, there was a little bit of, this is what it looked like. No, go ahead. That's cool. Um, particularly there was one where there was a page that actually was half and half. Uh, one was a den. It was uh, Rodney's dad's hunting den. I'm like, it has to look specifically like this. And there has to be, you know, a gun case and this and that, and, you know, a deer head on the wall, whatever, you know. And, um, and then the bottom half of the page was area 51. And basically mm -hmm. I gave him the only instructions I gave him is there were supernatural and mythology creatures in tubes with like people like examining them. And then there's the director of the FBI and special, special investigations unit. So like, but then I was like, okay, now you have full reign of who you put in these tubes, what you, you know, what they look like, all that. It's all you, you know, the area, make it, make it work. <laughs> and he did a great job. You know, like nice. the creatures he chose was awesome. Like I, I couldn't have asked for a better setup for that. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be like a cool, sort of feeling in that like you have like this part of like the design aspect but you you're still gonna like get that art back and you're getting you know you're gonna there's there's still surprises for you mm -hmm. you know as it put you know as if, if it was like you know tube three you know a pegasus tube yeah. five a medusa like this way you, you there's still you're still directing it you're still sort of giving it the you know a little bit of design, but you still have, there's still like surprises for you when you open oh, yeah, up that yeah. art. And as a fan, like, I, I mean, I've been a fan of Carlos, like the reason I approach him is because I like, I love his art. So, and I know he picks great stuff like on his own, like in, in general. So, and, and, you know, like I said, now he's invested, uh, you know, he, he loves, you know, he see, we both see it more of a partnership now. Um, and, you know, he, he brings so much more than just a hired pencil, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? it's he brings creativity he brings advice and he asks questions you know he, he's invested in this project and it's it's amazing now like that we that we even call each other you know i'm like you know he's my hermano you know <laughs> <laughs>
That's cool. I was going to ask about how invested he was in this because it feels like you were talking about, of course, like, you know, you doing the character designs beforehand, but I was wondering about how much your artists have sort of brought to the world mm-hmm. and, uh, and I guess the storytelling in general, has it, has there ever been a time where you've gotten a page back from Carlos or he sent you over a concept and it's sort of switched up the story trajectory in a way for you where you've been inspired to, to change something? Um, I, not so much story, but there, like he may have combined or switched around or did a different angle for, um, a panel or two. And then like, I had to switch around where like the conversation was, um, Mm. or shorten the conversation or try, or, or kind of like, you know, somewhere around those, like when I'm lettering, I actually had to make a little adjustments that way, but not story-wise, story-wise. Um, it's been pretty much the same, um, like I said, a lot of it may have been like a change in dialogue. Um, for example, with issue five, um, you know, same, that situation kind of came up um, where I thought, you know what, there's a lot of just random nonsensical talking that I could actually simplify it based on, you know, what's going on with the, um, you know, with, with, with the conversation. So, um, That's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, we touched a little bit, Rob, on sort of the the organizational part you have with, uh, you know, providing images, but you have 12 issues written out. You've you've run four Kickstarters. You run, you, did you run one for the trade as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that so that that was yeah. five. And then this is the the sixth in the in the series. No, th- this is five. OK. Uh, yeah, the uh, so I ran. I've actually I did um, one Kickstarter back in 2016, and that was a failed Kickstarter because I went for a twenty thousand dollar goal before when I only had five pages and the character designs. Okay, uh, but I had planned it was like supposed to be to pay for you know issues one through three. Um, again, I played that that hard level on you know on beginner you know and. Uh, if I would have just gone for issue one at 5,000, I would have made it because I, I raised $5,074. <laughs> so if I would have done that, I would have been all right, you know, for issue one. So that kind of took the wind out of my sails for a little bit. Um, but eventually I just was like, you know what, I'm going to do some freelance web design jobs and just put that money towards finishing off the book, getting it, you know, ready. So issue one got finished and then I was like, okay, I have issue one. Now what do I do? (laughs) So, you know, since Kickstarter wasn't, I didn't have an audience at the time. um, I thought, okay, well, I've been going to comic cons and enjoying them. Maybe it's now to see what happens on the other side of the table. So in 2017, uh, December, 2017, I went to my first con it was a Steel City Con. They usually do three a year, which December, April, and August is usually when they have them. And um, so I went that December, and I only took 100 of the books with me for issue one and some some prints of the character designs because I didn't really have anything else. So, I, de- I you know, I had a banner behind me set up. I had a nice tablecloth, you know. I tried to be as professional looking as I could. <laughs> <laughs> with the very limited amount of things I had at the table. And I almost sold out of that, on those 100 books that I had taken with me. 
and I sold a bunch of prints. I mean, I, I broke even for the trip, which is good because that was hotel. That was food. That was gas. That was the table, you know? Um, so that meant like to me that there's obviously there's an audience for this. There's, you know, got to keep doing this. So, um, so I, when I told my wife how well I was doing there, she's like, all right, let's dip in the savings. You know, you do some more jobs. We'll try and we'll get issued two done. And that's, you know, shortly after that. So we started issue two right after that. And it was, I was ready to have it printed by spring. So I then, uh, you know, got it printed up in spring. I uh, took it with me to the next cons that summer. And, you know, again, it was just one of those things that I like every con that I've went to, I broke even and, you know, it got to the point where I'm like, now I was ready for three. And I was like, all right, well, I can only do one con a month and not, and I can't always do one in a month, um, you know, just because with work and family, I, you know, I only have so many vacation time and, you know, so I needed to figure out something else because obviously there was something, you know, that I had here people wanted, but I needed to be able to get it to a broader audience. So I was trying to figure out, okay, well, maybe I should do like, you know, Facebook ads to help bring them to my, my online shop, um, you know, and see if I could try and bring a bigger audience that way. So while I was, you know, sitting around on Facebook, um, I found, I, you got, you know, I saw one of Tyler James's uh, comics launch, you know, trainings. It was a free one for Facebook ads. And I was like, well, pfft. That's what I was, that's what I'm looking for right now. Right. You know, that was perfect. So, you know, I went to the training and, you know, it was a lot of it was basically Kickstarter focused. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I was like, now that I have a bit of an audience, a bit of a following, I'm going to, I'm going to look into this more again. So I, you know, I signed up for the, the comics launch pro. I did the trainings and figured out what I did wrong the first time. And I came back, um, you know, after doing the training, doing the list launch and building up my audience Came back for issue three, and that was my first, uh, you know, overfunded, you know, successful campaign. And so that was for book three. And then I uh, came back again for four. Uh, last year, I mean, last July, June, July, I think it started in June and July. For, so that um, that helped, you know, and then I kept, it was like, all right, you know, it kept getting bigger, bigger. Um, so then I was like, all right, well, now I have it. While I'm waiting for issue five to be made, I have issue four, one through four, and that's a perfect place to do the trade. So that's when I then did the trade in October, a launch for that. And then here I am back again for five. So <laughs> uh, this, this is my fourth successfully funded yeah. campaign. And, and I had a, like I said, that fifth one, that first um, would, would make it five. Nice. <laughs> um, so do you, do you have like a, a guideline or a schedule? Like, are you trying to, and you're very organized. Are you trying to do like quarterly releases, like every six months, get a book out? Or are you sort of also sort of, is that like a sliding scale based on sort of your workload, you know, the art team's yeah. workload? Uh, how, how are you sort of envisioning that? So, <sighs> sorry. No, no, <laughs> Yeah. So with the schedule, um, it's basically, I plan ahead as far as like, I, 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 this year I set a goal. I wanted to do three Kickstarters. Um, 
however, with, you know, uh, between the art and, you know, like you said, timing and stuff, um, in my schedule and the artist schedule, um, it looks like I'm probably going to get two in for sure. Uh, three might be stretching it, but we'll see. Um, but uh, so I, it's been a snowball effect. I, you know, at first was doing like one a year and then like now I'm like, I got two a year. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. But, um, I, again, it looks like I'm going to do two, kind of squeeze in a third, maybe um, depending on, you know, if I can get it uh, before then. So, and I think too, now I, I kind of have a second project kind of happening aside from Nightwolf. Um, I have a spinoff series for Snowpaw, who's my uh, female werewolf. Um, that's actually going to be my next campaign. Uh, that book is about halfway illustrated and a third colored. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do uh, my, one of my, my next stretch goal that I'm kind of going for is, uh, which by the time this comes out, it might already be hit or not. I don't know. <laughs> um, is uh, I'm going to do a preview, a digital preview of the book. So it's going to be like, you know, the first so many pages and then with the character designs and kind of an introduction and say, Hey, coming soon to Kickstarter, go here and, you know, sign up to get notified kind of a thing to kind of help play that in. And then that'll help hopefully lead into a summer launch. Um, hopefully July, if not August ish, mm -hmm. um, depending on if the art's all finished. If it's not, then it may, then I might just shoot for a fall one, um, like I've done before. And then that would be my second for the year. And then start off the year strong with, a you know, probably like January, February with a Nightwolf six. Um, so again, it just, it kind of depends on when the art gets done. I don't, I don't launch a book until it's hundred percent done, um, with the trade, I kind of, having that extra 16 pages that like was unlocked throughout the campaign kind of gave me that sense, you know, it, it was like the rest of the pages were done, but then these new pages still need to be worked on. And, you know, the campaign ended still, you know, and it took a couple months to get that done. So I don't, I didn't like that feeling of not having it done and being able to fill right away. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have to have a book hundred percent done before I do this again. You know what I mean? Like even, I think even next time I do the trade, I'm going to already have, like, if I do any additional content, that's going to be done in advance <laughs> before I launch uh -huh. it. Because <laughs> it's too much, you know, <laughs> stress waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you consider? Do you, you mentioned earlier that you do the lettering? Is do you consider that as part of the the completion process before yep. before launching? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, what's funny about that is um, I the I finished the book lettering wise two days before the campaign went live. So okay. it was like I it, it was like to the point where I was pushing Gad. I'm like, listen, dude. I was like, Carlos just finished the last page. You're a couple pages behind, man. You need to, I, this is the date. This is the go live date. I have to letter these pages before this date. <laughs> <laughs> so like he, he, he picked it up, which he's good about, you know, but again, you know, he works for Big Dog Inc. too, which Tom keeps him busy. Sure. Um, so I'm like, I'm like, you have to have these pages done by this day. So I have enough time to do this. So while I was waiting for him, I basically finished my Kickstarter page. So like I had to like switch modes and kind of like, okay, instead of 
working on that right before the, I go launch with Kickstarter. I'm my page was done, ready to go. You know, so I'm like, come on, give me a page, give me a page. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 skill of lettering. Um, I know that you're very uh, you know tech savvy and all this stuff. Did you what did you do to 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 get that? Did you sort of look at books or did you do i know a lot of people go to um what is it blambot to uh to learn the skill of lettering how, how did how did you learn that skill so for me i'm i you know i'm a graphic designer um that's i graduated from college that was my bachelor's degree and uh so putting books together you know that's just one of the things i do you know um lettering wise i mean i didn't have any formal training in comic book lettering for me, again, it was just that graphic design sense, um, you, know, you know, looking and having the you know, design balance and all that. Then I also, you know, I've been reading comic books since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know what lettering I like and what I don't. And, and I, for me, it's like, I, you know, there's even like some like the newer books still have like where the lettering's off center, you know, or like, or whatever. But it's like, why? Like, really, you have the technology now. Can't you just center that a little bit, you know, give it a little bit of room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, so, and then I use Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator to do like, you know, the, the, the noise, you know, words or whatever, you know, there were sound effects, if you will. Um, you know, I'll often make those in an Illustrator and then pop them into InDesign. And sometimes like I have to do some special uh, effects stuff that I do in Photoshop and then import it in. Uh, so again, you know, for me, I've been working with the Adobe products since I graduated, well, even since I was in college. But um, professionally, you know, since, you know, 2006. So I've, you know, a lot of these programs, you know, to me now, it's like second nature. You don't even have to think about it. Um, that's, yeah, it's basically, like I said, for me, it's not formal, but it, it, it is, but it isn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like making a book is a formal training, but the actual, like what it is, was never trained formally. It just personal preference along with my graphic design nature. <laughs> Yeah, we well, often talk. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please, no, go ahead. I was just wondering about like your your sort of uh, like I, I guess that helps obviously like when you're writing your scripts to tell the your your artist like hey this person needs to be on the left this person needs to be on the right because mm-hmm. you know this is how the word balloons are going to be laid out. I guess um, one thing that I struggle with as an artist is leaving enough space, obviously for word balloons and things like that. And on mm-hmm. the books that I've worked on, I've been lucky enough to be an editor on them as well. So I can work with Matt or if I'm working with someone else, be like, Hey, I think I'm going to have to condense this in order to make the letters work. Right. Right. But like, what's your sort of advice there? Like, you know, how many words, like, you know, how many balloons that kind of stuff like you know what's the max amount of balloons you want on a page i'm, I'm guessing just from your experience <laughs> well I, my issue f- one i there was a there was a section that i combined like when i was um basically when i was pacing each book there's I, there was kind of like one scene that i felt was really stretched out across issue one and if i wanted to keep it a 24 page and then still have that cliffhanger i had to condense it um so that was probably way more than I should have. Um, and, you know, from what I've heard about other people, um, same difference, you know, it's not, it, I think if it's like crammed in there and it's taking up all of the art, 
then yeah, you're definitely got way too much in there. Um, I try to keep, um, you know, the conversation to a few sentences maybe per panel. So like there's, you know, each, you know, uh, sentence has its own bubble space and then, you know, um, but in general, like I like to try and, and keep the balance, you know, especially like this was something I had to learn after issue one and then issue two, like that's where I kind of like was better about doing that. Um, and as I've been lettering, I've been, you know, doing a better job of, of doing that and, and kind of editing out things that I didn't think was necessary. You know, that even that I had in there at the time, I was like, well, now that I'm lettering this, I'm like, there's just too much here. I can make, you know, that that's another thing I like about doing the lettering is that I have the final say of, you know, what actually fits and may, will make the story better. Um, you know, cause if there's like elements that are like either not necessary to the story or, you know, that you, that the reader doesn't need to know, it's just kind of, you know, banter or whatever. Sometimes it's just better to cut it out and to, you know, um, so for me it's, you know, and I've had to actually have that conversation too about leaving spaces for the bubbles. You know, I, I had to, you know, there was a couple of panels I remember being like, well, they're right in the middle and they're like, they're like right here and there's no room for anything. So you had, I'm like, pull them back or in and move them to the side. So I have room here, <laughs> you know, so like I, keeping that spatial, uh, spatial, area in mind and i and i like to have it where too like I, I like to have a little bit of background um with the art so it's not just like the floating head and then like the empty space mm -hmm. that they just randomly color you know i like to actually have fully illustrated panels um and then when i'm placing the word bubbles i try also to be cognizant i'm like okay what's important in this what you know do i want to show that's enough so i also it's also a kind of a um, a little bit of a nuance too to like make sure that these gorgeous backgrounds aren't also being covered up so you know if there's like an a wall with like a painting or something I try to make sure that the empty part of that wall is being covered by a word bubble and the painting is not necessarily uh, you know or there's like a bunch of trees over here you know like cover up part of the tree you know just to get in, in this time of year in my book it's it's fall so i want it to, to be known that these leaves are changing their color so i gotta have that partially shown you know like stuff like that you know if it or if there's like an area of dark that doesn't necessarily need any focus then i could put the bubbles there you know some of it's it's a matter of like it's a give and take to to what i'm showing and what i'm not um and sometimes um there's there's uh i've actually uh covered up certain part like so of like uh oscar or carlos had drawn something that was a little bit overly revealing um sometimes i would purposely like cover something with a word bubble just to like give it a little bit more of a uh <laughs> pg-13 if you will <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i remember i remember uh i think it was in the first the first uh, arc of um, Sean Murphy's White Knight, the I can't remember who lettered that. Maybe it was um, Clayton Cow Clayton Cowles lettered it. He did that in that too. Like he censored <laughs> it with the letters, and I was like, "Oh, that's genius!" And it's uh, that's great. It's also, <laughs> I guess, it's also got to be fun for you to sort of, you know, like uh, lettering, you know has this sort of like you know you can't be too flashy with it or else it sticks out mm -hmm. but also at the same time it is sort of like 
you know, comics are, you know, like I, I'm the pretentious way of putting it is it's like jazz, right? You know, where it's like all these different voices coming together to make something cool, you know? Right. Yeah. So I guess for for you, do you ever sort of like do you sort of have a style you say like about letters that you can like you can be like, yeah, like this is this is me lettering right here. This isn't anybody else. Like, you know, do you ever feel that way? Um, I think, you know, like a lot of the words, like, you know, like the sound effects in general, like I'll make, um, like I said, an illustrator and I have my own way of doing it. Um, and I'm not saying it's my, cause I may have saw it somewhere else and just liked where I went with it or, or I'll, I'll tend to like, if it's a specific sound that I think, you know, I'll try to match it to what I think the sound would look like. For example, if, like there's electricity, I try to give it like a, like a kind of a yellow and blue, like, you know what I mean? Like I try to match it I, or a flame, you know, I try to make the lettering, like the actual letters that I choose kind of like fluid, but yet still have those like, you know, heart, you know, like spiky edges or something, you know, goes like a whoosh, you know, um, i still try to give it the character of what the sound is. Um, just because I don't, you know, I don't want it to be just a generic word bubble block or whatever, you know, I want it to actually make sense as to why um, it's doing that. And there's also times where I've like done like a shh, like if like he's sliding on dirt or, or something, uh, um, you know, like I'll try and do like a, um, in a kind of like a, 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 tra- a semi transparent feel to it so that it's like kind of like kicking up dust, but yet it still has oh, words nice. to it. <laughs> That's great. So that's what that was the answer I was hoping for was something that sort of got you excited about, you know, lettering and things like that. So thank you for for getting my question without me really doing a good job of explaining what I was talking about. So so Rob, earlier you had mentioned the 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 failed campaign where you know you had the big target, you didn't really have the the audience, and you sort of told us the the story of of seeing the, the you know the the Tyler's, um, you know, post about Facebook ads and that sort of giving you the, the idea to come back to Kickstarter. So you've had some success on Kickstarter and you, you know, I've been scrolling through your page. Your page is very sort of impressive as far as, you know, you have lots of, you know, text and images. You have the uh, sort of the call or the, you know, the public affirmation where the people are holding up the books. And so, now that you've got this stuff under your belt, are you sort of using sort of the same template to build a page and sort of tweaking it each time? Or have you found something that you like? So it's sort of like, all right, this is my, this is my formula. I'm going to do this. And then it's just sort of adding the, the new issues, the new pages and stuff like that. How are, how are you handling building the page? Yeah. So, um, you know, Building it initially, uh, so the first one is completely different than what I did with my second one. Um, it was the first one was mostly just based off of like having the character designs and some of the pages that I had available, and then um, I did a in the video <laughs> was like a six minute long video. You know, I basically I threw in like all the effects and everything to try and make this you know cinematic amazing video when you know and then like obviously people lose interest after what a minute (laughs) so um you know the page that page was basically a lot more um bare bones as far as like uh imagery except for um you know like i said the character designs and the 
um, the pages that I had. And um, I so I also did with that, I had these, um, it looked like, it kind of looked like a, uh, a profile card at the time uh, when I designed that. It was like the special investigations kind of like, um, or like dossiers or whatever, um, try to make those, that was the rewards. Um, but that really got hard to contain in these same space, um, you know, like templates that I had built to, for all of the different awards that I was offering. Um, so going back into the design of the second version of the page, I took, I think what worked and then I went around and saw, uh, like, I, I, I kind of did some investigation and some looking into what other successful Kickstarters were doing. And, you know, and I saw um, a lot of them had designed, like, the headers, you know, it wasn't just, like, the text header headline, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was an actual design, look and feel, um, using different things that they had that represented their project. And so I kind of like that. Um, but how, you know, the question then is like, well, how do you make that yours? You know what I mean? Like, what do you do to do that? And, um, so for me, like whenever I, I did those, I started off with like, you know, a rectangular bar, I cut out the character designs, put them on. Um, it was, and I think I started off with a background. It was probably like one of my, you know, uh, castle fog backgrounds that I use often. And, um, and then I had the text. Uh, so that was like the original rendition of that, plus um, being able to show the, um, at the time, you know, I had a lot of pictures from cons mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that all collected, you know, because again, I was doing cons way before I decided to do this at that point. So I had a nice um, collection of imagery from people, by, you know, holding up the book and, and um, getting that social proof. And then I had a little bit online as well. Um, so, you know, take screenshots and, and make it so that they fit in, in there and all that to kind of give it a little bit, you know, a variety and, and um, you know, trying different elements, you know, get, again, showing the previews of the books and, and you know, kind of giving that, um, that, you know, about more about the creators and actual section and not just a video mention, um, you know, taking a lot of that stuff out of the video and putting it into the page is what I, I ended up doing. Okay. Um, <laughs> like I said, six minutes, you know, for watching a video versus just scrolling through a page is just totally different. <laughs> so yeah, I, I took out a lot of the stuff that I, I was mentioning in the video and just showing it in the page. And I think that kind of helped um, along the line. And then as I went, I kind of tweaked it a little bit more. I added a few more um, different elements like scrolling images, you know, GIFs. And um, and then just, I kind of tweak the headers each time. Um, there's like a different setup for the background and, or, you know, this time it's like, now it's like, it's got the characters over, you know, you, you see the white and they're kind of hanging off the top and the bottom, kind of give it a little different look and feel. So I kind of changed those. So the, basically the template stays the same but it'll improve as I go. And, mm -hmm. and I, um, this is, so it must've done something right this time because I, I finally got project we love from Kickstarter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, you know, again, and I'll probably do it again. I'll probably keep tweaking it. And what I think I, I keep trying to condense the page. So it's not scrolling for days, but in the end though, once you add the, you know, the milestones and the stretch goals, you know, <laughs> you just, it, you know, at the end of the day, what are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Also, do you, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, do you run like three-week campaigns, like, uh, I'm sorry, like 21-day campaigns, or are you running like 30-day campaigns? So the, uh, the first one, the failed one was a 60-day one, um, which that was a rough couple months, <laughs> you know, especially when I'm like, it's not moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but then I got, you know, when, after I um, came back i did a 30-day run um which was good but it was also it was one of those things i was like man i was like there's that still that, that dead zone in the middle that gap it just is like oh my gosh you know it's almost it's a marathon that you're trying to run and i almost felt like i didn't have to do that you know i, I could have I, I felt like there's a period where like there's just some chunks that i could have just taken out of there so i the next time around i did a 20-day Okay. Um, so I cut it down to a 20 day and that was for issue four. And that one, I mean, it was, did so much better than issue three did. Um, I think for two reasons, one, it was, you know, I now I've established myself, built an audience and it was the next issue. So people were coming back. And, um, but I think like also having shortened the campaign and telling them up front, this is only a 20 day campaign, um, more people jumped up on in the front and kind of trickled through the middle wasn't as dead as the dead zone usually can be um, so there was a constant nice little flow if you will um, throughout so like you know looking at the the dashboard you could see like it was like mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the, the end of the campaign again it was like since it was like oh last minute let's you know as it usually does you know you make almost as much as you did the first day as the last couple of days um, and you know I was like, okay, that was manageable. It wasn't as stressful. You know, that, that middle time wasn't like, I wasn't trying to figure out, you know, I actually, so I used a lot of the same tricks that I did in, in my issue three campaign, um, you know, to try and keep the attention going. But it was like, I was throwing everything I could think of at the time. Um, but I had time to think of that during that dead zone. So like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what, what can I do? What can I do? Cause I didn't, you know, really have much, I didn't know what else or to expect at that time. Um, but like with the second one, it was almost like it was, it was going so fast. I had to keep on my toes. I'm like, all right, I did this last time. Let's hurry up and throw that out there. You know, like, so this next time um, for the trade, I did, I think a 21 day, not like a one day made a difference, but like I knew what to expect. And then same with this, this one's a 22 day. Um, because I wanted to end it. I started it on a Wednesday and ended it on a Wednesday because I wanted to do the werewolf Wednesday hashtag um, to try and kind of give it that extra little attention, mm-hmm. um, whether or not it works or not. But, you know, it's for me, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, Hey, werewolf Wednesday. Woo, it's a werewolf book. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an interesting sort of uh, while you're describing sort of the, the time frames. you know, as Kickstarter, sort of or creators who go to Kickstarter, you know, it's, it's the rush, you know, you launch day one, day two, everything is, is going great. You're like, Oh man, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be at that funding goal and in no time. And then it's like day three, day four, the, uh, the doubts start to, to, to creep in. Um, so you're just sort of uh, condensing that, that time where that might happen yeah. because you know, we've all sort of experienced, and it's like you said, it's like first day spike, sort of leveling off, and then last day spike. So if you're just shorting, shortening that, 
Um, yeah. And it's also sort of, I guess, maybe uh, a bit of like conditioning. You know, if I go in and I go, oh, that thing's still got 34 days, I have time to act. But if I see, oh, that's got six days, and it's sort of like, I right. don't have as much time to act. So it's sort of like, exactly. uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm not brave enough to try a 15 day one yet, <laughs> but uh, I think maybe one day I might give it a shot and see what happens, but not, not yet. <laughs> it's gotta, it's gotta throw the last minute people who back out for a loop when you do only 20 days. Cause everybody expects it to be like 30 days or something like oh, that. Yeah, they're like, Oh, it's the end of the time. Oh wait. Oh crap. I oh crap. I have to pay for this. It's like, yeah, got you. <laughs> so, um, you know, audience building is, is something that you do really well. Um, do you, what do you, I know you, you, you do the mailing list. Um, are you doing Facebook ads and, and, and Instagram ads? Like uh, what, what are you doing there? So I'll do them periodically for the email list. Um, right before, maybe like a couple months before launching, um, I might like turn it up a little bit um, just to kind of get that extra new audience kind of coming in. Um, you know, cause yeah, obviously I want my, my, uh, my wolf pack to come back, right. You know, my, my current audience, but, um, you know, these, these larger campaigns, like they also thrive on new backers coming in and getting catch up tiers. Um, so, you know, I kind of like, will ex I'll explore, you know, with a little bit of, I'll turn it up right beforehand. And then I'll also do like a, um, I'll do a um, viral giveaway um, for something similar to my book. Um, I tend to do like, uh, I did a couple times, I did uh, werewolf books um, that were off either popular or, you know, that were really cool looking that, he, that I would read. And um, so that, and then I've also, I, I've done like with like statues or figures or whatever. Um, but then this last time I just did a, just a monster graphic novel. So I had vampires, I had, you know, Frankenstein. I just had a bunch of, you know, monsters and werewolves. And so it wasn't just werewolves. And um, just cause like my universe is more than just werewolves. So mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be just, you know, I wanted to like to invite the people in who like vampires and witches and stuff to come in as well, you know, and, and get accustomed to the book. So um, I was experimenting more with that. And, you know, so I try to do that right before the launch. So I'll start at the week before, let it run all that week. And then it ends the night before. And then I'll announce the winner at the same time that I'm announcing that the Kickstarter went live. <laughs> and then that way I'm like, hey, you have a captive audience to, to go and you're like, oh, here you go. <laughs> okay. So the, the, the giveaway is through, is that through... Facebook ads or some sort I, I of will, online yeah. marketing? Yeah. So I'll do, um, it's, it's combination. So it's, I run Facebook ads more so, so I don't actively like promote it through my Facebook page. Um, you know, I, I sent the initial email out to my, my, my current list, but then like I will let the Facebook ads run on sort of basically like a like audience to my current list and it'll look for people similar and so that it's more, it's kind of like, it's going after them for get trying to say, Hey, you know, you like this, come on in, you know, you're, it's free stuff, you know? Um, so, you know, that's, that's where I like to focus a lot of my ads is, is cultivating um, new audience for these campaigns. And I do the, um, uh, through uh, King Sumo is an app 
it's an online app, but it's also, um, I have a plugin for my WordPress, um, site that I just send them and that, you know, they fill out the information and has like where you do, you know, basically they get more extra entries for liking my Facebook page, my Twitter page, my Instagram and signing up for the pre-launch page. Um, you know, it's just stuff to kind of get them, you know, able to follow me. So like when I am ready to launch, it's, you know, they're, they're in, they're in the know. They're not just a cool audience at that point. They're, you know, mm -hmm. following along. So you say, you say like, turn it up. Are you, so are you just like, you know, running ads like constantly out of like a, like a, like a budget. And then like, you're like, all right, Nightwolf is, is launching on this date. So I'm going to, you know, put a little bit extra into the budget. And then does that sort of expand the Facebook algorithm trying to go out and, and find like uh, consumers? Um, so like what I'll do, like usually, um, for a majority of the year, I don't run any ads except for when I'm ramping up. So what I'll do is I'll start out small um, with a limited, you know, because I, I have like a, you know, a limited budget for that period. And then whenever it's um, Kickstarter time, it's then, you know, it gets a go live, um, you know, to say it's like I, I put more money into it. So instead of like, let's say a $50 budget for like a couple of weeks doing, you know, sprinkling it here and there. Um, like then when the, uh, when the viral giveaway happens and it's like, I, I amp that up another like 150, let that, you know, more people come in. And then when the Kickstarter is live, then I'm putting in like, you know, 250 to 500, you know, dollars to run those ads. And, um, you know, so I, like I said, it's kind of like that ramp up. And then when it's done, then it's like, okay, I'm cool for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I need a break to recharge. <laughs> I need to refill the, uh, the tank for the ads. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's obviously something that seems to, to be working for you. So, you know, would you recommend that for somebody that's, uh, you know, maybe they, they have some Kickstarter success. They, they're, they're running some, some, you know, successful kickstarters but they you know the maybe they're they're going for like a three to five thousand dollar funding goal but to to make the the, the jump up to the you know the the ten thousand dollar range do you think that that's something that people should really uh look into to doing yeah i think if you if you want to go past you know if you if you want to do the above average i think um you have to do ads okay um, I, I don't necessarily think the ads are exactly converting i just think that it gives facebook it gives it gives i think it gives you more eyes since you're paying them in a sense um so like you know your posts i think become more like open and, and you know because like there's times where and I, i've noticed this and this is just my speculation um, when I'm just posting throughout the year, you know, when I'm not running a campaign, you know, I barely, you know, there's times where I'm like, you know, get one or two, you know, my normal followers, my normal likes, um, normal comments. But when I'm running a campaign with ads, the, you, you could see like the, the reach, the spike, you know, the people who are liking, um, I get new followers, you know, like you can definitely tell there's a difference and it's not just from the ad that I'm running. You know, like it, it obviously it's doing its own thing, but everything else, like the free organic stuff is getting way more attention than it, than it was when I wasn't running an ad. So I think Facebook's algorithm does go to the people who are paying the money. 
more so than the organic reach, which okay. is sad to say, but you know, even if you're running just a small ad, I think it helps more than not running ad. You know what okay. I mean? Um, obviously you don't want to just throw money away. You want to do it smart. You want to do an ad that works, um, you know, and, and cause obviously it's money at the end mm -hmm. of the day. Sure. Know? But if you have a small budget, just do a small budget, sprinkle it out through the rest of your campaign. You know, that's to me, I think, you know, it, it's a, for, you know, the amount that I'm spending on these ads compared to what I'm making in the Kickstarter, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, obviously the funds outweigh you know, the ads. It's just like anything, you know, when you're paying an artist, you're, you know, it's part of the process, you know, you just factor that in to your budget. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, I'm guessing maybe some of the the knowledge that you you got through through building and, and trying to target through Facebook's ads was that your your comics launch uh, training as well? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I had a little bit um, of experience doing ads prior to that, but not so like it was just basically playing around and and you know a lot of it was was throwing boosts out there or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but then like when I went through the course and figured kind of like. Cause there, there's so many different things that you can do in these ads that like you could be just going down the wrong rabbit hole, mm -hmm. you know, whereas I felt Tyler points you in the right direction instead of doing the scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think we're, we're, we're getting close to, to wrapping up here. I just want to check in with Noah to see if he has any, uh, any questions or any, uh, any final thoughts. No, no, no final questions. Just thanks for sharing your process and your, uh, and your, your tips on Kickstarter. It's really great stuff and really appreciate you coming on and talk about it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me guys. I appreciate oh, no, prob it. no problem. So, you know, I'm looking in, you know, you have eight days to go, um, and, and you, 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 you're into the stretch goal territory. So, you know, a lot of folks who are running Kickstarters, um, you know, I can speak from personal experience. I'm, I'm hitting the refresh button um, quite frequently to, to see where I am. Uh, are you a uh, refresh uh, every 30 seconds? Or are you able to sort of walk away and then, and then see where you're at? I think when I first, uh, my, when I first started doing it, I was, and then after like, you know, during that long 60 day one, I kind of had to just not, because I think at some point I was like, this isn't going to make it, <laughs> you know? Um, but then like the, the third one, it was like, oh, 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 you know, and then I'm like, <laughs> you know, so I think, it, so that one was a little bit more like, you know, I looked every, every so often it was like, oh, 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 you know? Um, and then it got, you know, like I said, then it got to the down, you know, that I still was like, I got to that where I was like, oh, oh, nothing happened or, you know, not that nothing happened, obviously, you know, I funded and all that. Um, so, but it wasn't as like the first day, obviously it goes, it blows up so often. Um, I think now that like, I'm kind of used to it, this campaign, I don't look as often as I did before. Um, you know, I still, I still will look at it, but I think that's just out of habit of just looking at my phone mm -hmm. or if like somebody's messaged me, I'm like, Oh, look, there's another one, you know? Um, and then, you know, I kind of, whenever I get a chance, I'll get on and then I'll do, you know, my updates and stuff. But really, it, it ha they come in and they do it when, you know, there's no sense me like fawning over my phone when I could be focusing on doing the updates and, and, and sure. 
marketing it. Um, plus like, you know, over this past holiday weekend, I was barely on, you know, I barely had my phone with me. I mean, I had, I just didn't look, you know, I, um, I, my family and I went to the Carnegie science or um, natural history museum. You know, we, we had a fa fun family weekend, you know, and I, then like, I still did an update, but I wasn't focusing on the campaign. You know, it was like, I did, I had already had, you know, scheduled stuff for posts that were going out on their own, you know, so those scheduled posts were doing their thing. Um, you know, so I had the whole weekend to not to kind of decompress now that I'm going back into my last week of the campaign. Now I can, like, I feel a little bit more energized. I'm not, you know, obsessing over it. Sure. Now I can be like, all right, here's the plan. Let's go. <laughs> Very cool. So I guess maybe uh, to follow up on that, like you, you need to, you're in stretch goal territory now. So like, uh, do you have that? I'm sure you have a plan for that, but you sort of need to at least have some monitoring of it so that like, you know, oh, yeah. when stretch goal two mm -hmm. is unlocked, you, you make that announcement. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not like I don't look, you know, like this weekend I, I was at the point where I was, I wasn't supposed to hit the first stretch goal, but I did. <laughs> I did not expect it, but I did, you know? So I then I was like, okay, well, there's my update, <laughs> you know? Um, so that made, it made it easy to do the updates when otherwise I would have just done, you know, uh, another, which cover do you like one, you know, if I didn't have anything to talk about. Um, but like for this one, you know, that it was there, I was ready. Okay. You know? So, you know, like I said, I do, I will look even, even in the evenings, like, you know, I'll look right before bed. I'll be like, okay, that's where I'm at. Um, tomorrow I need to do something, you know, or the, it's, it's, you know, that, that, that period of, you know, during the dead zone, there's, there's a weird thing is if you're, if you're not funded, you stress out and you try to think of different ways to get funded. But once you hit that goal, then it's like, oh, you have that like sigh of relief, that moment of like, ha, ah. and then you're like, okay, now I'm back at it again. Yeah. Cause, you know, Cause you keep going. Cause the more you can do, the more you get, the more you get, the more you can do with the book. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, a lot of the stuff I had planned out as far as like the stretch goals or awards, they were all like the, you know, those question marks that I have on there. Those are, again, those are planned out already. All I got to do is hide those layers uh, you know, the question mark in the box and change a few things and, you know, update. So, you know, it's, it's being prepared ahead of time to save you the time while you're doing it. You know what I mean? So you're not stressing, Oh, I got to hurry up and do this kind of a situation. You know what I mean? Like be, the, the more prepared you are ahead of time, the less stress you're going to have during a campaign, especially if it's a shorter one, mm -hmm. <laughs> longer ones. I mean, then you have that time to play with, you know, <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. So uh, I, I guess maybe a follow-up. You, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, before Kickstarter, it was, it was hitting the con scene. Now that we're sort of going into the summer of 2021, you know, a lot of people have been vaccinated. Are you looking to, to hit the con scene again? Yeah. So I'm actually, well, my first con in April actually got moved to June. So I couldn't do that one because uh, it was, it's around like my, uh, uh, my wife has a, and she does dance and she, her, that's her during her dance recital. So I couldn't do that one. So I had them move it to the next one. Um, but the one in August that I was planning on doing the Boston fan expo, 
also got moved to like Labor Day weekend, which I'm like, Labor Day, you know, and like my family has like yearly plans on Labor Day, <laughs> you know, like we have traditions, this isn't happening. So I told them to move that one to the, you know, Boston, you know, 2022 in August. And I had the one that I was supposed to have that I couldn't do in June. They That's the Steel City Con that does one in August and December and April every year. So instead of doing April or December, I had them, I'm like, I contacted them back in. I'm like, sorry for being a pain in the butt. Can you move me back to August? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I have an August one uh, in, in near Pittsburgh. I have, um, then I have Erie, uh, Pennsylvania in September and I have Baltimore in October. Nice. Noah and I should be at Baltimore. So we'll oh, have to, we'll have to meet up. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. So um, as we close up, um, can you let folks know the the best places to go to follow you online and, and give us one last uh, one last pitch for, for Nightwolf? Yeah. So um, you can follow, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Lone Wolf Comics. Uh, my website is lonewolfcomics.com and the quick way to get to the Kickstarter is lonewolfcomics.com slash nightwolf and that'll take you directly to the page. So again, you know, Nightwolf, um, you know, story about a young man who finds out that he's born a werewolf, gets thrown into a supernatural war. You know, it's full of, uh, you know, it's got horror, fantasy, supernatural creatures and werewolves with swords. I mean, how, how much badass can that be? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 sounds, that, that sounds awesome. Well, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us, uh, talking uh, creation of comics and then sort of, it was nice that we sort of got to talk about the the, the business of, of, you know, being a comic book creator. Um, so uh, we're going to put links to all of your social media and a link to the the, the URL you gave us to, to go to the Kickstarter just to make it as easy as possible for folks that are in the in the show notes to scroll down and, and click. Um, but I'd like to uh, thank you for being on. Um, I'm excited uh, for my next issue of, of Nightwolf. Um, and you have an open invite to come back and, and talk uh, future issues or the, the spinoff series that's coming. So uh, we look forward to that as well. Sounds good. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. So for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating review on the podcasting service you use, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructed Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructed Comics. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe. Be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.